We meet today in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 1 to verse 17. I would like to remind you that we have labeled the moralist as the do-gooder. This is where now we see this man in action. We have seen that this is the man who says, I believe that if you pay your debts honestly and live a good life, God will accept you. He is the one who feels that he is going to heaven on his own propulsion. He, he causes himself to get into heaven. He says, I am working out my salvation. I am really a pretty good person after all. This person has a hard philosophy of life and very little real joy. Or oh, he has his happy hour each evening when he has his time to take a drink, but he comes to some very doleful and pessimistic conclusions. We have seen that many of the teachings of the book of Ecclesiastes are quite radical. They present the philosophy of a man under the sun. They do not present the Christian viewpoint, nor do they represent God's viewpoint. They tell us the inevitable conclusions that are reached by a human being under the sun, a human being apart from God. This book of the Bible is like a black sheep in a flock of sheep. One can take many passages out of this book which seem to contradict the other portions of Scripture. They express ideas that are contrary to some of the great teachings of the Bible, which explains why this book has been a favorite among the many atheists. Some of the modern cults predicate the main thesis of their system on this book. Now, how did this book get into the canony of Scripture? It is an important question, having mentioned these things. Well, it is obvious that one must go back to the purpose of the author. What is his thesis? What is the purpose? What is he demonstrating? Is he trying to set forth Christian principles? We must always remember that Solomon is speaking of life apart from God. He has tried to make an experiment to see how to be happy without God. These are the conclusions that has come to the person under the sun. This is the way the man of the world looks at life. So then, it is no surprise that unbelievers would quote from this book. Since Ecclesiastes is under the sun, the Christian life is in the heavenly places where God is. Men under the sun will have a different view of life from the view of God who is above the sun. We are looking at two different worlds here, my friend, two different ways of life. Life under the sun is a mundane experience, a mundane existence apart from God. It views a future and an eternity without God. The Christian life is a contrast to this in every way because man has been saved by the grace of God and is a display of his grace. So there are different spheres here, two different spheres, and the laws and the principles of one will not apply to the other. They are as far apart as that which is below the sea level and that which is above the sea level. Because this is true, it is a waste of time to tell the non-Christian, if then you were raised with Christ, 
Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Colossians 3 verse 1. It is unfitting to tell this to an unbeliever. Why? Because that man is not yet even in Christ. He is not risen with Christ. Therefore, he cannot seek those things which are above. First, he needs to be born again, to become a new creature. You see, it is no use talking to a non-Christian as if he were a child of God. Because he isn't. It will be like trying to teach a mad turtle to fly. The mud turtle likes the mud. He is not even interested in flying at all. So as we have seen, Ecclesiastes is the record of experiments that Solomon made with life. He tried everything under the sun to see if he could find satisfaction for his soul. Everything must be interpreted in that light. Solomon tried the pursuit of knowledge and he came to the conclusion of the making of many books, there is no end. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 12. He tried pleasure and the outcome was, I hated life. He tried riches and came to the conclusion, he who loves silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 10. Then he tried religion and concluded that it will make one become a lunatic or a racketeer a crank or a crook, a nut or a bum. Then he tried firm and a good name. He tried morality. All he could say was that it was all vanity and vexation of the spirit. By the way, you could do the same thing with the entertainments and the pleasures that the cities of the world offer. There are places of fame and riches and also places that have a monopoly on sleeping pills and narcotics. Life is empty without God and without Christ. Augustine gave us that often quoted expression, Thou hast made us for thyself, and the heart of man is restless until it finds its rest in thee. The human heart is so constructed that you could put the whole world in it, and still it would not be filled. So Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 1 tells us, For I considered all this in my heart, so that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see before them. Solomon here is not worried about the future. Eternity is a realm he doesn't even think about because he knows nothing about it. All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 2. You see, it looks to him as if it doesn't make any difference which direction you go. They all come the same way anyhow. And remember, this is not God's answer. 
This is the way it looks to men under the sun as he observes the lives of people around him. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 3 This is an evil in all that is done under the sun. That one thing happens to all. Truly the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that they go to the dead. The preacher here says, why should anyone work at all? Life is just a big lottery and you are the victim of your circumstances. Again, you see the traces of fatalism. The fellow who was lucky enough to get his share of it ought to share it with you. The philosophies of our day are not saying anything new, my friend. Karl Marx didn't say anything new. Solomon was way ahead of him. But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 4. Now, if you follow along this basic premise, it is eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. That's the logical conclusion of that premise. Then whether you are a fool or a wise man doesn't make any much difference. It is still better to be alive than dead, even if you are a fool while you are alive. His argument is, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5 Now this is where the idea of soul sleep comes from. All of this is the observation of the man under the sun. People who talk of the soul that sleeps, they take it from here. This is the way it looks if death is the end and there is nothing after death. That is why he says it would be better to be a living dog than a dead lion. But God has told us what happens after death, my friend. The body is put into the grave and it is the body that sleeps in the grave, not the soul. Scripture makes it very clear that the soul of a child of God does go to be with the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 6 to verse 8 tells us, So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see here, my friend, the soul, the real person, goes to be with the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord. The bodies you and I are living in are only our earthly tabernacles or tents, and we will move out of them someday. You see, soul sleep is not even a Christian viewpoint. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 6 Also their love, their hatred, their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Here it looks as if life is futile, it is purposeless and without meaning. If death is the end of everything, then man is just like an animal. And the evolutionist says that man once was an animal, 
And this man who is under the sun says that man is like an animal now. The end result of both is the same. Man dies like an animal. How different it is for us who know that we have come from the creative hand of God and that we are going back to God. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already accepted your works. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 7. You see, the moralist, the do-gooder, who thinks that death is the end of it all, finds his joy in the happy hour. Drink your wine with a merry heart. This is about the most monotonous life in the world. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 8. You see, he dresses up and keeps up a good friend. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun all the days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9. You see, here his approach, because he is under the sun, he says, enjoy your marriage, he advises here. There are many non-Christian couples who are enjoying their lives together. I have met several of them. Oh, they have their problems in their dark days, but their attitude is, let's make the best of it. But does that make them have a good relationship with God? No. Now he will deal with the social injustice and the minority groups. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11 you see, the observation of the man under the sun leads him to believe that life is a matter of time and chance. Again, fatalism is coming into play. It is nothing but a big lottery. You are just playing games of chance. If you happen to be born black, you will have your problems. If you were born white, you will have your problems. If you are born yellow, you will have your problems. It's all chance. And there is nothing you can do about it. That is the thought being expressed here. You see how life is viewed under the sun. For man also does not know his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net. Like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time. When it falls suddenly upon them. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 12. He says, if time and chance are the regulators of life, then you are just as helpless as the fish caught in a net. Oh, this is an awful viewpoint of life, the worst kind of fatalism. A man is just like a fish caught in a net. For the moralist, there is no other explanation. He is forced to come to this fatalistic philosophy. Now, Solomon gives a little parable as he is groping there under the sun, apart from God. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built 
great snares around it. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 14. Now, do you want to lift up the burden of the downtrodden? Do you want to defend a minority group and the cause of the underdog? Is that the thing you are interested in? Well, may I say to you, my friend, there will arise a dictator. A great king will come against a people that let down their defenses and spend all their time with social problems which unsaved men cannot even solve. Now there was found in it a poor, wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered that same poor man. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 15. Now, who was that man who came and brought deliverance? Well, his name was Wisdom. And Wisdom is another name for Jesus Christ. He came to this earth in poverty. Jesus could actually say, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Matthew 8 verse 20. He was a poor man, but he came to deliver us. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise, spoken quietly, should be heard, rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 16 and 17. Actually, here eventually the voice of the Lord Jesus will prevail. When he comes, his voice will be like the shout of the archangel and like the sound of a trumpet. There is a babble of voices in this world today, but there is coming a time when his voice will prevail in this world. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 18. My friend, here is the conclusion of all that he has said in this chapter. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. And Christ is better than nuclear energy, my friend. But one sinner destroys much good. There is a tremendous influence exerted by the life of one individual. And the influence is more potent when it is in the wrong direction, history will bear this testimony out. Adam sinned, and his sin has affected the entire race of many kind. Achan sinned, and because of him an entire nation went down in defeat. They had to deal with the sin of Achan before they could achieve any victory. Rehoboam's sin split the kingdom of Israel. The sins of Ananias and Sapphira brought the first defect into the church, early in the church. And from that day on, the church has not been as potent as it was in the beginning. Now, my friend, you and I have an influence, either for good or for bad. No matter who you are, you occupy a place of influence. For no one of us lives for himself, and no man dies to himself. Romans 14 verse 7 tells us, Every person is a preacher. No one can keep himself from being a preacher. What kind of influence 
are you giving? You see, you need to be connected to the wisdom that is in Christ and not despair as a person under the sun who has no hope. May God encourage you and me to find the eternal wisdom that helps us to live lives now and even in the world to come. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.